0: Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm Angie Healy for Lampshade Media Live. Uh, Check out the next show, January 17th. Yeah? Yeah, January 17th. uh, Buy tickets so you can see Rory Eustis, Luke Swisher, and Columbus babe Natalie Berkey. Um, If not, um, poop on you. This is Lampshade Media Presents Barack Hussein Ocasio-Cortez with Dan Seabree. Welcome to Lampshade Media Presents, Barack Hussein Ocasio-Cortez.
1: Hi! <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just going to get right into this. Hell yeah. <laughs> After an
1: hour and uh, several eggs. Yeah. yeah. You were uh, super hungover and looked like you were going to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to die I yeah. was not sure that this was ever going to happen this morning <laughs> This is by far the earliest and the most hungover I've ever done an interview <laughs> So I, I want to thank you for that You're welcome I feel like this is quite <laughs> the achievement <laughs> I've got my coffee and my fresca I uh, I took some time to make some eggs and bacon Yeah You I do d-
1: not eat the bacon Nope, I did not But I did eat three eggs <laughs> and you've got a and and you got your ass wet. Yeah, we after we had after all that uh breakfast made with love. I was like I need a cigarette. So I went down outside to sit down and there was a literal puddle of water on this cushion and it just went straight down my underwear and like covered my ass. Like it went like I felt it on my asshole. <laughs> my my
0: my literal asshole yeah. is saturated now. Yeah. So I wanted you to be as uncomfortable as I am, <laughs> yeah. and I knew that I couldn't get you drunk yeah. and, and then hung over before yeah. the show, you know? <laughs> so so yeah. I'm like, hey, sit in that wet chair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, let's go outside <laughs> for a minute and sit
0: down. <laughs> oh, man. So you, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I can't complain.
0: You're busy as fuck. Yeah. Just moved, just moved uh, to Columbus. Like what? Like several months ago, Yeah, four months ago. And uh, yeah. yeah. And shout out to my friend, Vron. Yeah. Who connected us. I love Vern. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We like, yeah, it was so fun. Like, because like she connected us and like, oh, you gotta meet Dan or whatever. And then like I didn't know that you were a, a funny motherfucker at that no. point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. we met and then it was like, Oh, you're funny too. Sick. <laughs> yeah, man. But you've been you've been doing you've been doing the comedy shit and dating for how
1: long? Um, I've been doing stand up for five and a half years. And I've been running shows for like, like five probably five years, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I started the show in Sydney, Ohio. It was a total ripoff of another show that I saw that I liked a lot. I was 20. Uh, so it was like, I, was, I saw this storyteller show and I was like, that'd be a great, cool thing to do for a show where everyone goes up and just does like, we pick one topic and everybody does stories based on that one topic, and which is just a ripoff of This Is Not Happening, uh,
0: <laughs> which is an oh, nice. you show.
1: Um, so, yeah, so I started doing We did a couple of those with my buddy Dusty Harvey, who's a really funny comedian. Um, he has the cutest kid on the planet. Um, and so we did that, and it worked for a little while, and then it was just like a pain in the ass to drive like an hour from Dayton to run your own show. Yeah. So then I was like, let me talk to all these bars and places and like sex shops, like any place that will let me do a show, let me talk to them. And everyone was like, you're 20. Go fuck yourself. We're not going <laughs> to let you be in charge of something here at our business. Yeah. So then my friend Brittany was like, well, we should just do a show in my house which is like a one-bedroom, 400-square-foot apartment. And so we just started running a show called the Super Dope Comedy Show in that apartment. We did it for a year. On the one-year anniversary, uh, there was like, Ryan Singer headlined, and there was like 73 people at this show. And so like half the crowd was actually inside the apartment. The other half, we opened all the windows and opened the door and was just outside like listening and watching the show because there wasn't enough physical room for (laughs) that many people in that apartment. So then, after that, we just moved apartments, and we started like kind of bouncing around, and then i have done that show. I did that show for four years, and then I also run a comedy festival every year, and I've been doing that for three years, and then a variety show too. So busy as fuck. Mm-hmm.
0: I've got a lot to. I've got a lot to learn from you about doing house shows. Like we should definitely like be like. I should be like soaking up all of oh. your intelligence and experience.
1: Oh, because
0: uh, the the super dope show has always been a house show.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a. A couple times I had done it. <coughs> uh, <laughs> there have been times where I'd, I did it like in a <clears throat> a vintage clothing shop <coughs> in Dayton called Feathers. It's like a record store, a vintage clothing okay, shop, okay. And like cool knickknacks and stuff. So I did the show there once or twice. I've done one of them at Wiley's, like at the club. Like I had Sean Patton on the show; he headlined once, and so he was actually at the club. Um, but yeah, mostly like apartments or houses. And, much. Uh, oh, so you're
0: switching it up, though. You're doing them in different places, different apartments.
1: Yeah, it came as, like, as needs-based, you know what I mean? Because there's only, like, for a while, like, I mean, I was a 21-year-old comedian who was in college, you know? So, like, I had to live with my mom, so I couldn't run a show at our house because she's, like, religious, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and has, like, three dogs. So I can't have fucking people yelling about like come and stuff. My mom's like, "What's all that about?" And, <laughs> because uh, and because of the three dogs. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all... <laughs> dogs are cute. Uh, actually, I would I love comedy shows when dogs are there. Well, it's it's actually never good because whenever I'm performing, I'm like, I don't care about any of you people or these dumbass jokes. I just want to pet this fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> Super distracting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So I. So people would be like, "Yeah, you can do it here," and then they realized like. Like oh this is like a uh, uh, a little bit more than we thought because people are like oh a show like what fifteen people I'm like oh, there's gonna be fifty five people in your fucking house on a Tuesday we're all gonna be smoking weed and drinking beer and some uh, sometimes people do acid so <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so the the uh, the list for uh, who would have who would host this show goes it, it winnows a little bit
1: yeah well like people like people just don't like it's very sweet and I always feel I'm very like complimented and like i feel very gracious or like very happy and like loved when people like offer their space but i'm always like just so you know this isn't like just a few friends like this is like people a lot of like every show that i ran there would be five to ten people i have never seen in my entire life just in a house you know what i mean like i've never met them before and they found out about it through facebook or like someone posted about it on reddit or twitter or instagram or whatever people just find out and so then they show up. There's these people that were, like, on the road. Like, f- they started in Alaska, and they were just, like, driving all throughout the continental United States. Like, went through Canada Holy and shit. stuff. Okay. And they were just on Reddit. And my buddy Joe Young, who's a great comedian, he posted on Reddit about the show. And then they're like, hey, we saw about this on Reddit. We thought we'd come check it out. And so these weird fucking hippie artists, vagabonds, fucking just showed up to the show and we ended up like hanging out all night, just like fucking smoking weed and like drinking beer and just talking about fucking what they're doing. Like, you yeah. know, like cool stuff like that. So like, you know, it wasn't always like crazy, but you know, it's uh, like we did this one show in my house. There was like 60 people there. It was when I was running at my house. And at one point during the show, these <laughs> my friend Simon is a great guitar player and a poet and a uh, uh, painter and everything. He, uh, fucking got shit house drunk and so i like he kept heckling so i had to kick him out and then he accidentally like ripped my coat rack like it was drilled into the wall off the wall because he fell uh, and so oh i was like kind of and there was like 60 people in my living room like with all these fucking it was nuts and so i was like stressed out and then all of a sudden my neighbor who didn't realize like what he knew we did a show but he didn't realize like how big it would be so he saw like all these fucking people all over the place so he walks in with this huge like Great white Pyrenees dog And then the dog just runs through the living room And just like Just starts sitting down And then everyone during the show Is like petting this fucking dog Like it can get like Not w- wild But just like weird shit
0: Can sometimes <laughs> happen You kind of
1: have to be down with it You know
0: Yeah yeah man Like I I let my neighbors know Like I went over and I'm like hey um, We're gonna have a bunch of people here There's gonna be a lot of beer I didn't tell my neighbors that there was gonna be a lot of weed, but like they'd find that out if they managed to make it over.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But like
0: nobody seemed to mind. I live in like a like my neighborhood is kind of like a renters neighborhood, so nobody really like talks to anyone anyway. Yeah, isn't it like I don't know if you've had that experience like renting versus owning? Like I owned a house for a while, and like when you own a 26, house, twenty six.
1: I've never owned anything. <laughs>
0: i rent a bicycle motherfucker <laughs> yeah, you know? no i i like when i owned a house it's all of a sudden like people are like you know talking to you and like want to get to know you as a neighbor and like and you know oh we're gonna like share beers and cookies and things yeah. like that and like yeah but when you rent it's like i rent too you rent mind your fucking business yeah <laughs>
1: I've always made friends with most of my neighbors whenever neighborhood i've lived in there's all this there's always been drama in every neighborhood i've ever lived in like it's always fucking ridiculous like there's this <laughs> i lived in when i lived in this apartment uh in dayton it was uh just like a four unit apartment building it was super cute um but <laughs> there was the lady above us her uh, uh she her Dayton was, like, at one point the heroin capital of the country for, like, a few years. Yeah. So there was, like, a lot of fucking, you know, dudes that were all junked out all over the place. And so the lady above us, she was older, but her son was, you know, an addict. And um, so he would just come around all the time. He's, like, he's not even legally allowed to be near the building and all this stuff. So, like, they would start fights and then, like, and our neighbor, and they would yell and stuff, and then all of our neighbors would come out and be like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> and so, like, so I got to know my neighbors like pretty well because we all had a common enemy. <laughs> You'd all get together to hate on the one. <laughs> yeah. And then one time, same neighborhood. And so I had a really long day. It was really rough. Like everyone, my girlfriend and my roommate, all we all had really like rough. Day. It was cancer season. You know what I mean? So like, it was it was the middle of summer. Everybody was having a bad time, and so uh, it was just a struggle bus. And we were just, like, trying to sit down and, like, watch television. And that upstairs neighbor, if we had our TV, it could go... The volume could go up to 82. If we had it above 11, she would, like, fucking knock on our door. She's like, I can hear it. There's no baseboards. And I'm like, I don't... I can barely hear it down here. And so... (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I can hear it? There's no baseboards? That's what she said, I guess, because baseboards, I... (laughs) I guess are really good uh, at hiding sound or something. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm not an architect. Uh, (laughs) So that was her argument. And then so we were just like so annoyed we couldn't watch. We couldn't even sit to relax without this lady like breathing down our neck. And then this guy outside standing in the street just starts yelling. He's like, hey, apartment 44. Hey. And I'm like, that's our apartment. I don't know who this guy is. And so (laughs) – He's like, hey, hey, come here And he kept it For like five minutes, he just kept yelling And he was like, do you know where Steve is? I was like, who the fuck is Steve? <laughs> and so I opened the door And I was like, fucking And I'm like kind of white trash sometimes So I was like, shut the fuck up I was like, no one gives a fuck about you Or fucking Steve He's not fucking here If he was, you'd fucking see him Now shut the fuck up and go away And he was like, nobody asked you this is the greatest comeback I've ever had. I was like, you did, fuck face! And I slammed the door. (laughs) (laughs) And I turned around to two 24-year-old women just being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? are you... (laughs) He's so violent. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got heated, man. It was just so annoying. And then one time, there was this guy that had a shitty 2004 orange Mustang and a big, like, fucking SUV, like a Cadillac SUV. And he would fucking take up these huge parking spots like on the street and he would park like right in front of his house and right in front of somebody else's house. Well, sometimes it, so sometimes we would have to park like a couple blocks away. Cause it was a very small side street that we lived on. Like it was like half a city block is like how big it actually was. You can only park on one side. And so one time I parked in front of his house and like on the edge, like not even technically in front of his house. And then he like started this huge fight with me my girlfriend as we got out of our car and then he was like, you need to we're like trying to look out for each other. Like, this is our spot. I watch my neighbor's car. Our neighbor's like, that's what we do in this neighborhood. You guys are new here. We just take care of each other. And my girlfriend was like, No, you don't. You don't care about us. You just want us to move our car so you don't care about your car. You don't care about anybody. Look, like, what about us? And like going on this thing. And and she was like, and she's like super like relaxed, like very like, let's hear everyone's side to everything before we make a judgment. Like, very, she's a Libra. She's very like chill and balanced. And she, I've never seen her be like, "Dude, I'm gonna fucking snap at you." And then our other neighbor came out and was like, "You know what? You do this all the time. It's not. It's like another neighborhood fight starts." So we had two common enemies, and we're like, our neighborhood bond got really strong. It was really nice. <laughs> you got good community there. Yeah, it's like when uh, your whole family like hates mom's new boyfriend. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <Like that laughs> and so our...
1: that's the one thing you can all come together on. Yeah, like and, you're Republican, yeah. I'm Democrat,
0: but we all hate Kevin. Fuck that dude. <laughs> So like we talked about this a little bit, but you're you're you you came up kind of religious, right? Is Super your, religious.
1: Your family, yeah, still I very religious. Um, yeah, it's different now for yeah. sure. Like growing up, like I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter, um, couldn't play Yu Gi Oh. I literally was not allowed to watch Pokemon because it quote had evolution in it.
0: Oh really? So that's pretty. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's
1: pretty uh, uh,
0: dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, and like I because went because to... it had evolution. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you know
1: these like. Are not real, right? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and isn't that like kind of your thing about evolution? Yeah, <laughs> is that it's, it's like- not real, you know? So like, I don't. There's a literal mouse that is full of electricity. <laughs> I who walks around on some dude's, some child's head as he walks across country to battle people. I think evolution should be like the least of your problems with this premise. You know? <laughs> It's like the most. That's the most realistic thing about Pokemon is that there's evolution in it. <laughs> you know? and that's uh, why it
0: was so offensive. Yeah, is, this is the it, most realistic part yeah, of it. Yeah, and so I don't like this model. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> this entire concept offends me. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: evolve.
0: <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> how does your How does your family uh, deal with your with your sense of humor nowadays? Because you're oh, like doing shit it. in public, <laughs> like you're talking about this kind of stuff. Are they like? Are they okay with it?
1: Yeah, well, like, so, like, my younger brother is like very religious. Um, Still, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, so it's so basically, it's my mom, um, and then my stepmom. She was married to my dad. My dad is. Uh, that means dead. Uh, <laughs> oh. and it's cool. Don't worry. He knows. <laughs> uh, so, um, dark. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, so it's my mom, my stepmom, my older sister Elizabeth. My older sister Rebecca, who lives in Chicago, and then my younger brother Nathan, who lives in Colorado and Durango, and uh, so my mom's still really religious, but she she was like very Republican and like very conservative. But I think that was more like learning now and like how close we are. She was like, I kind of just needed a community because I was going through like a really hard time. So like I, she was like, I think I just this felt like family to me and it was easy to get into it. So I just, that's huge. Yeah. And she was like, so I kind of like, just without thinking, like agreed to these beliefs and would defend them. And then when I kind of got older and kind of got more comfortable with who I was as a person, like who I am after the divorce, after raising kids, like she realized like, Oh, like I don't actually believe these things because they're kind of gross and disgusting. And like, you can't be shitty to people because your defense is God, you know, like she's like, that's not how this works. And this isn't, you know, not everyone was like that, but it was mostly like leadership in the church was kind of like that. And she's like, you're not that's not a good example when like the whole congregation's like, yeah, sure. Some of us are Republican, like economically, but like socially, everyone's like, you got to be cool, <laughs> you know. Uh, so she was like, fuck this. I'm going to be uh, Catholic. And so she kind of like went that route because they are a lot more liberal in like politics.
0: So so she, like, couldn't—that's interesting to me that she would say, oh, well, Catholic, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, well, she's also super, super spiritual. Like, she was, like, big into, like, astrology and, like, weird occult shit, like, in the 70s, you know, the age of Aquarius stuff. And then, like, when she met my dad, like, she was kind of in, like, a weird, like, kind of Christian, kind of, like, spirit meditation cult, and my dad got her out of it. So she's always been spiritual, but always like kind of like searching for a community because she was like raised in like really weird upbringing and stuff, like farm town shit, uh, like business owners, like really weird, like upper class, snotty, like Indiana people. Can you imagine? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a farm, there was
1: business being done, and it's in Indiana. Yeah. And, and like, there's a cult. Involved. yeah it's uh kind of weird not all at the same time but <laughs> so yeah she was just like searching for community you know
0: well like i feel like that's like a huge part of like humanity right is is we're a social species we yeah. need to have a group we need to have a some sort of like foundation for for uh for a network of people like we have to have something to wrap this around which ends up being religion right like that's the that's kind of the uh foundation for our social network i feel like just in in history you know
1: yeah i think now it's certainly like that's evolving in such a kind of a cool glorious way where that's like just it's like spread out into a web of all these different things and i think that's cool um but yeah i think that everything is communal based like everything like this podcast even it's like two people talking to hopefully a bunch of other people will listen hopefully hopefully (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like everything that you do is based on community there's not a single thing that anyone does ever that's not based around community other than like selfish shit. but like you know like i feel like most decisions people make are thinking about something grander than themselves subconsciously at least I think. yeah you know
0: well like we we yeah we we need each other that's like moving to it when i moved to it to a new city is uh it's interesting how like grow okay so i grew up in northwest ohio and uh back way back i moved to columbus mm-hmm. and when i moved here it was like it was so weird for me not like running into people i knew like at the store yeah and it was, I had to like adapt and find a new community. And it was such a challenge. And I'm sure like there's like so many people that have had the same experience. And you're probably getting yeah, oh it yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. Is yeah. like, who, where are my people at?
1: Yeah. And that's like, you know, the culture for where I'm from is also very, very different than the co- I mean, even though it's only like an hour and 15 minutes away, like small town versus what this is, like the culture is very, very different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dayton has more of a
1: small town. Well, I mean, it's Run. like a small—it's like half a million people. It's like a city, but, like, it's small, you know? um, Everybody yeah. knows everybody. Like, <clears throat> this is not, like, a testament to, like, me thinking I'm hot shit, but, like, if I could not go out—me and my girlfriend could not go out without running into at least two people we knew. Yeah. Like, because I knew a shitload of people. She knew a shitload of people. When we got together, it was like, well, there's fucking the whole city, you know?
0: Yeah, between the two of us. Yeah, we right. We own this town. Yeah,
1: right. We fuck. yeah we own this fucking city, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, like, we, you know, and then, but I still have that in Columbus because I do know a lot of people up here, so I still, like, run into people all the time, but, like, just not as frequently, but, like, just the adjustment from, like, yeah, you know everybody, you kind of, I feel like when you're around people, you become like, like like-minded and your values kind of sync up. That's the community thing. Yeah. It's like women
0: with, uh, with their cycles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like once a month we all protest gun violence and, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, something like that. So, you know, and then moving, and then you have just like subconsciously, you just have like, your behavior is based on who you're around. And so like how you think about things is like that. Um, and how you approach certain things and your attitude, like, and then now, living in Columbus, the attitude's just a little bit different. I mean, it's a very, like, up-and-coming. It's a fucking college town. Like, it's busy, 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 you know? So it's, like, a very different, like, I, because I'm super fucking easygoing and, like... Yeah. You know, just chills. Like, my whole attitude's like, uh, I don't really give a fuck. I'm just, like, happy to be here, you know what I mean? So, like... And then Columbus, everyone's like... Ah! busy i gotta do stuff blah 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 blah. you know <laughs> so they take stuff a little serious and it's fun i like it big time but it's just like a different it's fun to watch like oh these people are like we're all the same but like how you think about things is just like a little different and it's kind of yeah fun, you know it's fun to be you around ever get it. your
0: uh <clears throat> you ever get your groups mixed up like like maybe you've been drinking and uh <laughs> shit that would fly with this group and but you're in a different group <laughs> i one time i the reason i'm thinking of this is i i my, 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 like when I first moved to Columbus, uh, this was a thing that happened and I, I had I uh, was working with this company and we went out, uh, for drinks after work or whatever, ended up getting pretty hammered. Mm-hmm. But like with my, my group back in Toledo, like we were kind of physical with each other and yeah. like, we just like, you know, touchy and like, I'm, I'm a hugger from way back. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm out with this, with this work group or whatever. And, and I, and I'm, and I'm pretty, pretty smashed. And, and I just like and I'm looking at this guy and I've got nothing but love in my heart and I just kind of smack his face <laughs> Okay and, and and that was it like I yeah. just like s- softly you know what yeah, mean? I mean yeah. not hard but just like a like kind of softly just Smacked his face a little bit
1: yeah <laughs> and
0: you know drunk as fuck yeah And and then I go on about my my business or whatever I'm yeah. doing at the bar talking and stuff and uh, And he's like hey like let's go outside for a cigarette you know and I'm like, okay, okay. So we go outside, and this dude's like, you know, 20, 30 years older than me. And uh, we go outside, and he he looks at me. He's like, "Never been so disrespected in my life." And uh, you think I, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. And he just starts dressing me down, you know. Yeah. And, and he's like, "But uh, we're gonna fight now," you know. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm I'm just sitting there like in in complete shock, like, oh no. I don't want to fight. I'm like way too drunk, <laughs> yeah. and I am not a I am not a violent person. Yeah, you don't strike me as a. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking nuts. But
0: no, like th- in my group, would everybody would have just thought that was hilarious? Oh, he just smacked his face. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> way around to talk about like like crossing cultures, but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I've actually, one time I. Uh, It was my friend JJ. We worked in a restaurant together, and he was like Mississippi like football player, like black dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 22. And I fucking slapped him as a joke. And he was like, he was mad. He was like, that's so disrespectful. Because in that culture, if you slap somebody, that's like saying like, I don't think you can even take me hitting you. Like I think you're so fucking weak that I'm just gonna disrespect you. And so you would have
0: been better off punching. The yeah, guy. I would have been better if I just
1: fucking decked his ass. Like, <laughs> so and I was like, oh my god, JJ, I'm so sorry. And he was like, it's cool, man. It's just like it really. He was like, it really hurt my feelings. And I was like, I'm like I like tap backhanded him. And he was like, and I was like, do you need to do it to me? He was like, yeah. And so he just backhanded me. So we were. <laughs> Was the, was the backhand, like, equal? Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, hard, but he, like, I felt it, but it was more, like, we're even, like, I'm just doing, it's, like, a weird, like, I have to fucking hit you now, like, otherwise, <laughs> there's a power imbalance. <laughs> I'm like, that is right. amazing, yeah. man. I was, like, it's fucking 17. <laughs> I was, like, okay, you know, yep. if you say so. Yeah. And the
0: yeah that 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 thing like that it's like this kind of honor thing right like you have disrespected my family you know like we yeah. will not sleep tonight yeah <laughs> right yeah right yeah I will be like up all night thinking about this until I smack you back
1: yeah like that's that's the lovely thing about being around comedians is like like if your dearest friends will fucking rip you a new one to show you how much they love you you know <laughs> right so like yeah it's like i can't the disrespect thing i don't really like uh care
0: <laughs> <laughs> no the thing about comedians that's different is like i i i have since i started like talking and hanging out with comedians uh uh when i doing this show and everything like i i I really had to stop myself from trying to be funny <laughs> because it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I cannot tell a bad joke. Like, yeah. if, like, like that will offend them. Like yeah. if I, if I tell some cheesy hack ass joke, yeah. they will like, just look at me down their nose. Oh, man. Really? <laughs> really? You would have been better off smacking me. Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny is that i mean is that a thing do you uh
1: for me i'm wired a little different you know uh i think not that more than everybody but like uh yeah that'll happen where people are like trying like they're like oh you're a comedian you must always be on let me try to be on yeah yeah. and then sometimes it's like it doesn't offend me like i get it because i've fucking done that a million times you know uh so uh, but it's like sometimes people are making jokes that are like offensive and you're like, okay, yeah. man, you don't know me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean? That's the only time it's like, ugh. uh Right. mostly like middle-aged white dudes that'll do that shit. Oh, it's so funny.
0: It's, yeah, there. that is a totally a thing. And that's not, like, I think that's, I, I've seen that so many times, and it's like, ooh, okay, okay, you, oh, I, I, oh, oh, it's a joke, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, go sense of humor?
1: Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I do. And, and then man, not funny, this actually though. happened the other day. I was standing outside Mission smoking a cigarette, and uh, like these dumpsters were full of trash, like right outside. And some guy that was like painting, and he was like, "Goddamn city workers must be working real hard." And I just like, and he thought it was like a joke. I think it was a joke. So I was just like, "I don't know, man." And then he was like, he walked up and he was like, "You act like I said something wrong." I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I. I, I don't know I I have no idea about <laughs> what their schedule is when they pick up I just don't know I don't understand <laughs> like, I I'm sorry I don't <laughs> I don't know like, what is
0: happening <laughs> yeah and then he
1: just like walked around like behind me and then like stared at me and like started smoking a cigarette and I was like. What is happening? I was like, this is so aggressive. I don't understand this at all. It was. I was like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> like, did I? Was I mean? I don't even know. I just said, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, uh, so then I walked home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you get a lot of like? This is a thing. Like, I've done this to people. I I hear they're a comedian, and this is like you know old Mel. You know, well, I, I guess it would be young Mel. <laughs> Mm, yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about a mel yeah. a mel of the past former mel um i would like oh oh you're a comedian and i would find that out about you and then i would say I have a funny joke you should tell. Let me tell you about my ideas about yeah. comedy, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so that I have, yeah. I have this thing, and, and, and like in my in in my memory, I can like see everyone around me becoming uneasy uh-huh. and uncomfortable with the fact that I'm doing this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that's yep, that's when everybody decided this was a bad idea. Yeah. And I did not get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> so I just continued and like, oh. Isn't that, that's good, right? You're gonna use that, right? Write this yeah. down. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, it's mostly middle-aged women. It's really funny.
0: Middle-aged women are with the uh, advice on jokes, and middle-aged white men are with the bad jokes. Yeah, right. Like,
1: <laughs> here's the thing, though, is like, and it's a total different because like the middle-aged man is like a, more of an aggressive, like, this is funny. Yeah, and then like. A woman like pulls you aside and she's like, "Okay, so I need to tell you something," and then, <laughs> and it's like very sweet. But and then she's like, "Huh? You know, like is ah, that funny? Ah, yeah." Ah. And sometimes it is like really funny. You're like, "Oh my god, this is a great story," but you're like, "I can't, I can't tell this story." <laughs> yeah, this is your story. This is your story. Like that would not make sense coming out of a 26 year old white hipster fucking dude's. I have a mustache. I can't talk about my friend <laughs> Betty. Like, you know uh yeah so it's like a very different vibe it's really fun. It's so much fun. i love i love i love it when it happens you know what i mean yeah it's just you're like, like oh that the thing the thing is happening it's happening i can't <laughs> it's wait it's happening right now. yeah because it is like kind of like a peep into the pe- people's like psyches you know what i mean yeah it's like what's more raw than what you find funny you know yeah so you're that's like that's oh, you think like that weird <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: And they don't even know that you're like seeing their soul.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 nice. It's like cuz it is like a very like it it's one of those things where you're like opening yourself up that's not taboo. You know what I mean? You're like this was what really gets me emotionally responsive and this is what it is. Here you right. go. And you're like that's neat and also kind of gross. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, That's interesting, but uh, incredibly offensive Yeah, yeah. like one dude
1: at a show I ran He came up to me, he's like Hey man, you know I just don't think the Holocaust was as bad as they say He was like, six million? I was like, wait, what? I was like uh.
0: What are you even saying?
1: Yeah, like at, at, at first I was like I'm flattered that you are comfortable enough with me To tell me that But I'm also disgusted that you think You are should tell me that Yeah <laughs> Wow, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a that is a thing I I think as a white straight cis guy, right? Um I feel like it's my job to uh be the one out there telling other white straight cis guys like no.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Bad. uh uh-huh. <laughs> Knock it off.
0: Right? Yeah. Right? Like, Like that's a total thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's also, like, it's all hypocritical, because you do it, you know, you do it, too, but- uh, Right, right. But, yeah, it's like- That's,
0: no, you're right.
1: Yeah, but, uh, (laughs) so I'm not thinking I'm any better than anybody, but yeah, you're right, because it is like, hey, I've learned this now, because I have, like, especially, like, you hang out with comedians, like- and then, so you're just by adjunct being around artists, you know, and so then you get just different mixes of people that do comedy. And you have like, you know, trans people, you have black people, you have white people, you have immigrants, you have all these different types of people. So your perspective yeah. as a comedian is a little bit, it's not all the time, but a lot of time I feel like it's a little bit more well-rounded. So you, yeah, so you kind of have to be around be like, no, 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 you can't fucking talk like that. You can't say that type of shit. Like this is a reality. Yeah. But yeah, you're, it's like almost like gatekeeping a little bit, like in a good way.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know like I, like just like at some point, like I decided you know I, I changed uh changed a lot of my uh, viewpoints and became a lot more progressive yeah and you know I work in construction, which is like oh, yeah, you know it, it, I, I'm a carpenter, so like you know i'm I'm running into a lot of uh a lot of good old boys, yeah. doing good old boy shit, you know, and at some point like i I decided I was just going to always engage. You know, and, and be that guy. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah. not just gonna, cause you know, for a while there, I'd hear people saying horrible shit, and and, yeah. and uh, you know, and harmful shit, and I would just be like ignoring it because it didn't affect me. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, maybe I didn't like drop the n bomb and fucking uh, uh say say hurtful shit to people, but like it didn't hurt me personally. So I, you know, I just oh yeah, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their thing. Now it's more like. I'm just gonna engage, but uh, the way I engage is more just to fuck with them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. So, like, say if they're they're saying something super homophobic, right? Uh-huh. Um, then I will I will just begin to engage with uh uh trying to reason them into being gay themselves. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like oh well, wait, you've never thought about that? You've never, you know, like I don't know, like I feel like you know, sucking dick. I'd probably be really good at it. Have you ever thought about it? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> if, if, like just go down that road, yeah, and just see where it goes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious.
0: That's been my. That's been kind of my my go-to. It's not. It's not always. It doesn't always work. But, yeah. uh but, in any case, like I definitely like, I feel a certain amount of responsibility as a privileged ass person. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I
1: mean? Like, you gotta say you have to take advantage of the fact that people will tell you. Literally anything. Yeah, because they're you're a they're white comfortable dude. with
0: with. Yeah. Oh, he's also racist. Yeah, he must, you know, he, like he'll he'll yeah, get this. job. he's
1: a man. He's white. He must think like I do. Yeah, you got to be like that's fucked up.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a thing. Big so I I was I wanted so badly. A Little subject change here. I wanted so badly. I have this bit, and I've been trying to do this thing. I want to have this thing on the show, where I have it a Tinder date.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That I haven't met yet. I call them up and and have my guest talk to them and arrange the date. And what I'm finding is this is not a good idea. I think it's a genius idea. I think it would be hilarious. I think it could be fun for everybody. It's not like shitting on uh Tinder. It's not shitting on like the 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 guest. Like, yeah
1: if I was a woman and someone like dude was like, hey, you want to go on a date but before you do you gotta have you have to do my show <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like this guy is gonna murder me <laughs> well it's just a phone call yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna I, try I'd be like you're gonna fucking triangulate me you're gonna find my fucking apartment number you're gonna fucking kill my cat you're gonna <laughs> uh, yeah so I've had
0: like I've I've asked like three tinder matches to do this thing right like yeah. it's gonna uh, the segment's gonna be called down for whatever and I talked I talked to talk one and, and and just no response. Like we were having a great conversation, really getting along, connecting on the text and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got this idea. You want to try this thing? Like this, you know, like call in, like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll talk to us. Well, it's like a little bit of relationship counseling, you know, pre match counsel or you know yeah. post match pre date counseling, like with a with a comedian. No, no, yeah. nobody's into it. Yeah, I think it's because I'm a man and they're women. I think if the Tinder match was a guy, guys will do. They'll jump through any fucking hoop.
1: Yeah, no. If a guy was like, "Oh, I have a chance of getting laid if I do this show." Yeah, I'll come on the (laughs) podcast. I'll, you know what I mean. Like whatever. Like I'll come uh, on anything. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Is that what I? Is that? I think that's what I'm gonna have to do. So like, if you're listening to this, like, you definitely like. If, if if you're a woman out there and, and all these thirsty men, like let's let's get 'em on the show. <laughs> yeah. That would be
1: oh my God. That, it's like a but then you should have like a uh, um like uh what's the fucking word for it? Uh, uh Instead- intervention. For all these like fucking thirsty ass dudes, you're like, you guys all need to fucking chill.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's what we should change the name. Like we should, instead of down for whatever, it should be uh thirsty. <laughs> Hashtag thirsty. Hashtag
1: thirsty. Yeah. That'd be a great. That's how you change the world. You gotta trick white men into getting together so you can talk to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guys, let's all learn together. No,
1: no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you can't leave until you learn something, so (laughs) that'd be funny. Let's just kidnap men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. So uh let's uh let's let's let I wanna hear a little bit like I've had some conversations with you and I wanna and and the way your mind works about comedy is so fucking interesting to me. So I wanna hear a little bit about, about your 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 comedy style and and how you write and stuff because like for instance, like what's like what's what's your favorite joke
1: that I have or that ever ooh, because
0: whichever way you go with this, I'm into it,
1: yeah, um oh god, there's uh <laughs> there's one that it's really early Bill Hicks joke, it's one of my favorites he was like he was nineteen, I think when he wrote it, so it's like very silly. And he was like, what did moths run into before the light bulb was invented? <laughs> Which is so funny. It's like, or they're just like catching on fire. Like, you know, just like, yeah, it's just that, that one's really funny to me. Um, oh, man. Oh, there's so many really funny ones. TJ Miller has this joke. He was like, someone, he's like, the other day I was walking around the street and someone called me a gay wad. Yeah, gay wad. He's like, so it's not only am I gay, but I'm also just a wet clump of homosexuality. Like, <laughs> just like really like taking something and then twisting it in a stupid way is like something that I really love. <laughs> like that's really, it's so like one of the jokes I have fun doing right now. Um, most of mine are bits, but one of like the fast lines I have is like I open a joke that I was like, I was invited to, on Facebook, I got an invite to a murder mystery party And as soon as I did, I called the cops. Boom, murder solved. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just taking it in a s very, something mundane and that everything happens and then just making it dumber. Yeah. (laughs) And then taking it a different direction. And then, yeah. So I love, I don't know, I love, like, structure of comedy. It's, like, a weird, like, I love, like, the New York style, like, structure, like, You know, it's quick, it's fast, but then I like, you know, more of like we'll put the absurd thing on it and then like extend it, but still keep that kind of structure. And then I'm also like a deadhead, so I like the idea of like having a structure that you can break away from and like kind of fuck around and then always come right back to it. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of
0: break the fourth wall in a way. There. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Because I'm my my like my jokes are like written sort like they all come to me like based on like conversations or just like ideas, and they usually come like. Usually when I think of a joke, it's, like, all the nuts and bolts are there, and I just have to figure out how to actually make it work. Kind of, like, hammer it out and, like, fucking fold it, rearrange words, change inflections, what's my timing on this, stuff like that. Uh, But, um, what was I fucking saying? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it usually, like, comes to me. So, like, my jokes are, like, written, written, sort of. Like, very structured, usually. Because after a long time, when you just think of something that's funny, your brain automatically assigns a structure to it, and then you just got to tinker with it. But my style on stage is super conversational. So, like, I'm super relaxed. Like, I like it when people heckle me. I think it's fun. because Oh, I, really? Yeah, I love it. Because
0: you can roll with it.
1: Yeah, and it's like, hey, let's, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, the whole the whole thing is that we're here together. So, like, if you got something to say, as long as you're not, like, if I'm in the middle of a bit, and there's no downtime, and then, like, you you fuck up my bit that I'm doing, and it's, like, not the time for it, it's annoying. But if there's, like, a downtime or, like, I hope my jokes are, like, slow starts. So, like, I kind of just broach the topic. And then if I get people engaged, then fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's fucking talk. Or, like, in the middle of it, someone will react something or say something to their friend, and I'll hear it, and then I'll get into that. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, I love... The crowd interaction it makes it more of like a cohesive experience for me personally so <laughs> i that's what i love i love the like the stupid like the structure that's weird and then everybody's like but let's all fucking get into it you know
0: yeah i saw this uh this comedian one time uh, somebody was on their phone during his set and and he called them out on it mm-hmm. and he came over and he actually took their phone from them <laughs> physically took it and put it in his pants in the front in <laughs> h- not in his pants pocket like he put it down the front of his pants uh-huh. and then he told and, and then he made him call it
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was,
0: i was just like oh my god oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i and and i think this was all like to I feel like maybe it might have backfired because, like, I think he thought he was making a big point about like how to respect his performance and not, oh, make this grand show. And now we're done with uh, yeah. people will obviously never use their phone again. <laughs> Somebody else used their phone again that, that yeah. same uh, during his same set, yeah. and he's like, "Did you not just see? <laughs> you know what happens?"
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Oh man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I uh, during the lampshade media presents shows, I usually give a little like before we record. I give a little speech. I'm like, "Hey, uh, we're recording this. Don't heckle, or I'll kick your ass out."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean you can still say that, but <laughs> well, I think that it
0: actually like it puts a lot of pressure on people. Where like now, oh, can I laugh? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I'm kind of like after after doing a couple of them I might like tone that down a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just because like, oh yeah, you know, I don't want to have to like give a lecture on what heckling is and what it isn't. Yeah. Like you can laugh. You can respond to questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these are the things you can do. Well
1: yeah, and I always feel like heckling's not like always a clear cut bad thing. It's always it's usually someone thinking, Oh, I relating to this, I think I can add to it. Because if you're ha if it's a good performance which is usually when those like distracting heckling start is like the individual doesn't really exist in that moment so it's kind of just like one big experience so then you think yeah. I can add to this experience so it's always coming usually from like a positive place unless it's like you yeah. fucking suck yeah <laughs> right right so it's like You know, I'm not gonna be like mad at someone for that. You know what I mean? Well,
0: comedy, like stand-up comedy, is kind of the art of conversation in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's practiced like so. It's it's a little different, but like it feels to the to the viewer, it feels like a conversation. You know what I mean? In a way, so like I can see why people like, hey, I want to add to this conversation. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it totally depends on like your style of comedy too, because if you're like jokey jokey like this is all i don't change how i say this anytime i say it everything is exactly worded the same then like yeah if people are talking like trying to like that will fuck up your performance and so like i get why people like get mad at that you know like that makes sense but usually i mean yeah it's just that that would fucking suck you know but like my style is so conversational and relaxed that like Someone's hollering. Well, let's see what they gotta say. <laughs> yeah. you you must have something important. Yeah, if to you say. got an opinion on anything I'm saying, let's fucking hear it because it's pretty dumb what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, are you you're more of like a storyteller type then?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I have like bits, but like I I better at s- stories. I think not necessarily better, but like my bits. Most of most of my jokes come from like conversations. So like um or like fake conversations i have in my head if that makes any sense <laughs> like all, yeah. a lot of my bits that i write are like things that actually happened and then like i analyze it and present it you know so it is like a lot of my newer stuff is like stories yeah. kind of like it doesn't have to be like doesn't mean it's like a 9 minute story but like all of my best jokes are stories <laughs> yeah
0: and are you like like trying to fuck with the audience fuck with the listeners a little bit like you know what I mean like like push him away a little bit kind of thing bring him back
1: Uh yeah like I there are like jokes that I have that like I know like I know when I say this the crowd's going to get uncomfortable Right right and it's going to create some sort of tension So like I think every joke is like you're holding two ends of a string right and when you start the joke your fingers are close together like the the string ends are close together and then the more you talk the more you start to stretch that string out until it gets really really tense And then when the punchline is when you cut that string in half, it makes the whole thing blow up. That's what like a joke is to me, right? So like every word you say is building, building tension. So like sometimes you can be like, I could just say these few words in a row and I pull that string back automatically. And then if I don't say anything for a second and I let that tension set there and then I cut it real quick, kind of unexpected, then you can get this big laugh. But then it's almost like an emotional manipulation because you're letting them feel uncomfortable. You're like, I know what you're feeling right now. I know exactly what you're feeling right now, and I want you to feel it, so that way I can take advantage of it and make my joke better. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have this joke about, like, that Um, I got to take an Uber, and, like, we were driving. She was driving. We were drunk, and she was, like... She Eventually, she was, like... She just brought up the fact that she hit and killed a man with her car 17 years before that. <laughs> and I say that line... And the joke and I don't say anything for like 10 seconds. I was like, you know how uncomfortable it feels in here right now? I was like, imagine that, but in a Nissan Sentra, you know, <laughs> like very, you know? So it's like, yeah, you take something very Cause there's, I take, I bring up that someone has been killed. Yeah. No one on their best day wants to hear that. <laughs> right, right. You know right. what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you have to admit that that is an uncomfortable thing for people to hear. So what are you going to do? Are you going to ditch the joke? Are you going to panic? And like, just, Get mad that they don't, that they're getting uncomfortable with someone being dead, even though you're not? Or do you use that to make your joke work and make it better?
0: Right. Cause, like, yeah, the, the, you know what their expectations are. So you know, like, the games that you can play with those expectations. Right. Right, Yeah. And that's, that's what I want. That's what, that's what I want from my Dan Seabury. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It's,
0: (laughs) it's, yeah, that's like a, like a, like, I, for some reason, like you make me think of Mike Birbiglia from time to time. <laughs> I hope that's a compliment because oh, I, I love think Mike he's Birbiglia. amazing. Yeah, but like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm in the future too. Yeah, like yeah. I understand why you're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah,
1: because <laughs> the art of comedy is it. Do, it's all emotion. It's that's all that it is. So you have to admit when something's emotional. Like you have to know that going in. Yeah, it's like like a painting, right? point of a painting or a sculpture is to see an image and to get some form of emotional response and whatever you feel that's the point of the painting it could have like a narrative sure it could have subject matter it could have you know all these analytical things but like the point of it is to make you feel something anything whatever it is i did it right yeah but comedy is like that same exact thing you're painting something in front of someone And you want that emotional response, but you want one specific emotional response. And so, like, that's what you then, which is laughter. I hope everyone who's listening understood that. Uh, So, that's like kind of the beauty of it. You're like, this whole thing is we're all being vulnerable together. And so, let's you, if you got to, and I'm not like a master comedian by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the blending of those two things is what I really like to do and what I try to do the most. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah totally man i know like i just had uh travis uh, haywisher on the last show and like he fucking hates talking about like nerding out on like <laughs> comedy like you know yeah. that kind of like like the structure in this this stuff because he's like ah, nobody wants to hear that you know i'm yeah. like i don't know man i think it's kind of
1: interesting i love it i mean i'm obsessed with it i, I absolutely adore it but yeah I, I don't i don't i feel like I don't know because I always feel like when people ask me like a lot of people ask when they find out your community like oh so like where's your inspiration come from or like what kind of jokes do you tell I was like if you actually want me to give you my honest response you're going to be bored the fuck out of your skull like I'm going to be talking about Structure of sentences and timing, and yeah, like, like boring shit like that. And
0: words that you might use over other words, yeah, <laughs> right, things
1: like that. Yeah, like if I say this word instead of this word, it takes some of the edge off. Yeah. like
0: this is a this is just a funnier word. Yeah, let me right. tell you why. <laughs> or if I
1: say it this fast, it works better because the cadence that's built is something that's familiar, so you're kind of getting like a like a the fucking groove thing and then you change it up on them so you don't they don't get too comfy. like it's like that's not like exciting to hear about people are like i just want to know if you like are like dirty or not <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing like you ever uh, i'm sure you you have you've heard uh jim gaffigan talk about why he doesn't cuss in uh, his shows he, he like he's like he's like doesn't you know, anything that doesn't add, just take it away. Yeah. Like if it's not like if if this is if you're not adding to the joke with this, then why why are you doing it? Yeah. You and
1: I I believe that one hundred percent. I did this comedy competition, and um, excuse me, it was at Wiley's, and um, I so it was like a voting. You had the vo- audience vote, and then you had the judges, who were like people that owned comedy clubs or go to the comedy shows every single week, and like people that run clubs and stuff. So I did a comedy competition. I didn't bring anybody, and this really funny comedian, Ryan Harroff, he brought a lot of people, and he and I got the same amount of votes, and we both had really, really good sets. So like we were even keel. He didn't curse at all. I said fuck literally one time because it made the joke better, like I needed to say it, and so I didn't get third place, and he did. And he rightfully should have. He had a better set. It was more cohesive. It was yada, yada. I'm not taking away from his performance. So then I went up to the person that ran the comedy club and I was like why just I want to know what you think. I want to understand. And she was like the fact that you had to say fuck to make the joke work means the joke doesn't actually work. Huh. And and she and then I changed the joke to not have to do it and it worked way better. She's like you're relying on the you're relying on the aggression or whatever emotions attached to that word. To get what you need out of it we're like without that it's better yeah and i and she was right she was a hundred percent right and so that's like yeah that's that yeah that's what that's always like stood out to me is like oh like i can't like now i'm like oh yeah if i like want to fucking curse i'll do it if it right. makes the joke better i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna deny myself that um but yeah you don't always if it doesn't add to it why are you doing it
0: yeah, that's an important lesson to learn is, like, especially, like, as a comedian, your 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 job is to communicate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I, at some point, I decided I was just going to cuss like a sailor the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. And now, like, I, I, I find myself once in a while, I don't have kids and, like, don't hang around areas that, that kids hang out at very often. But every <laughs> once in a while, I'll find myself at fucking a mall or some, you know, a, a yeah. restaurant maybe, and there's yeah. children around. I'm just like, yeah, motherfucker, oh, uh, yeah. blah blah blah. And then the I time. look over, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm am, I'm am now that guy. Oh, I am yeah. the worst person in the world.
1: If if Amber, <laughs> if Amber, Cassidy, and I and go out to dinner, dude, we we're like, at some point we're like, we should probably be quiet. <laughs> we're being like obnoxious and gross and like fucking vulgar and like. Like last time we went out to dinner was on my birthday, it was like right after the shooting in Dayton and stuff. So we were like talking about like people being shot and death and like like crying at this fucking table and like in the middle of the, being loud about it. And we're all like, Oh, there's like forty other people around us yeah. right now, you know.
0: They they all feel away. Yeah. <laughs> like So y- y- how you've known Amber a while?
1: Yeah, I th- I've known I don't know how long I've known anybody that's been doing comedy. Um, but I've known her for All of the time. Yeah, I've been doing it a little bit longer than she has, but I but I've known her like since she started. I think around the you know, oh nice maybe like a year after she started, so probably like three or four years at least. Yeah, so no, I because live in Cincinnati, so three years. Yeah, I've known her three years. Oh nice. Yeah.
0: So like yeah, because like this is like uh, something I just found out actually. The last time I I saw it, it was uh, you and Amber and uh, oh Courtney uh, over it's a uh, uh, platform. Platform, yes, yeah. thank you, thank you. We were hanging out. Platform, you all performed right. Mm-hmm. This is the night I found out that you are going to be stepping into the Growling Gremlin show with yeah. Amber leaves town. Yeah, that is amazing.
1: Thank you. I'm excited. I'm. I. It's like the best situation to find yourself in as a showrunner because it's like someone as wonderful and as dear as Amber has this amazing thing that she's created and she's built this little community and she's like hey i trust you to take over this and not necessarily keep it exactly how i do it but like put your little spin on it and keep you you get the heart of the show you get the idea of the show and you're going to keep it like that and not lose that and do it and then i'm so excited cuz i'm like like she brings in wonderful comedians and i know different comedians so i'm like really excited to bring all those worlds together and just hopefully create this huge thing of just happiness and people laughing <laughs> yeah
0: man well like growling gremlin has been such a great show i was so happy when i found out it was gonna keep going and i'm so happy that it was uh that you're gonna be doing it too
1: yeah i'm super excited because like it comes back to the community that she has built with that show it's like yeah. it's it's such a good vibe the the bar and the building like the people that run it like are so gracious to her and like really do equip her to have like the best show possible, which is what you want so much out of like a venue is to like, just like have your back and trust you that you're going to do a good job. And the bar has done that. And like, and they reap the benefits. Like she's bringing like fucking anywhere from 20 to 40 people on a Tuesday night or whatever, you know, like it's, it's awesome. I'm so excited to do it. (laughs) And I always rip on that show. It's so much fun. (laughs)
0: you how many times have you done Growling gremlin already uh I, I've seen you there once
1: yeah oh you did I, Oh, yeah. you, have seen, you I didn't know you'd seen me do stand-up that's cool
0: yeah I'd seen you well I've seen you at open mics too oh yeah but, always but no i I saw you at Growling Gremlin I believe and this is before I actually like before Vron introduced yeah. us like I, I'd seen you perform and then like she introduced us and I was like oh he's funny <laughs> <laughs> was it the Stuart Huff show?
1: yes yeah that was, a, that was a fun show that was i love that show that was so much fun
0: yeah that Definitely. was good times that was the first time i'd saw you perform though
1: hell yeah i didn't yeah that's crazy yeah so yeah that's cool you seen me perform yeah sweet so <laughs> i've done that show yeah like a three or four times i think i think i've headlined it once yeah yeah i've headlined it once and then i've just done the spots a couple times it's been really fun it's just such a fucking good room because the crowd's like it's a good mix. It's like a, you need a healthy mix of all different types of people to get like a really, really good crowd. Um, so it's got like older people, it's got younger people, it's got some, there's like at the Stuart Huff show, there's that gun toting dude at this like liberal ass <laughs> fucking show. And so like, it was like, there's everybody's fucking there and it's just so much fun and it's just like such a good, and it's like, man, we you can get all that people together and they're all like, yeah, let's just fucking roll with this show, that's, ah, oh, it's perfect. And she's been able to mm. achieve that. So it's so, so exciting. I love it. <laughs> it really is. Uh,
0: how do you how do you find uh uh how are you going to keep people like uh uh booking this show? Like like you you've got to know a, a ton of people. Like you know people from all different cities and shit like that. Like yeah. you got oh, a yeah. network that that extends out where people are touring and stuff. I know like Amber's been getting people on this show from all over the place. Yeah. It just amazes me that you like have <laughs> that Rolodex.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like kind of like the you know the diy like community is kind of created like especially in the midwest like i know dudes like in that work in indianapolis that run their own independent shows that have passed my name like dustin meadows has passed my name to people and like yeah so then you start meeting people and then you do your own shows so then you start meeting all those other people and then they have connections so it's and then yeah and then people just get like hey this this person has a show this day you're you know hit it so that a lot of it is like people just, like, suggest you to someone and you meet one person that that knows somebody and then it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and it's just, like, the longer you do it, the longer you run a show, you just meet, like, more fucking people.
0: Like, do you have a way, like, where, where people are coming through and they, like, oh, yeah, hit up Dan Seabury. Like, yeah. is there, like, a thing for that? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: I mean, um, it happens pretty regularly people hit me up because I run shows. Um, but... I don't know if it's, like, a network or whatever, but, yeah, like, other people that run, like, good, successful shows were like, will get asked somewhere down the line, and then they'll just spread it around, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I got to say, like, I was real excited to have you, and especially on this particular episode, because this is our our first episode with our official new name.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: Lampshade media presents Brock Hussein Ocasio Cortez. And I really, I really think this is the one, man. I think it's going to stick. I've, uh, yeah, I've gone ahead and I've made some coffee mugs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, the merch is going to be real fucking baller.
1: Oof. I got some bad news, man. What? I've come up with a new name. Are you, are you shitting me? no,
0: what am I gonna do with these coffee mugs
1: um donate' em.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you not are you not feeling Brock Hussein ocasio cortez
1: um I think it's it's pretty good um I like it it's full of people that I like uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really uh it's really good, but I think um <laughs> I think. Tell, a, tell me what you think. I think a better name uh, would be. Uh, battery playing card Fresca can. <laughs> Did you? Battery playing card Fresca can.
0: What is this? The usual fucking suspects? <laughs>
1: I've been trying for three days to come up with something. Uh, uh, Lampshade Media presents
0: battery playing card fresca can. This is this this actually this this might have legs.
1: Yeah. Oh, then let's make it a goat. Lampshade media presents a goat made out of batteries playing cards in a fresca can.
0: Is that okay? So I have to say all of those things? <laughs> yes. Lampshade media presents a goat <laughs> made out of
1: made out of batteries batteries playing cards <laughs> and one fresco can <laughs> <laughs> and here it is, and it's just a goat made out of
0: <laughs> and uh yeah, so I can see why you didn't like Barack hussein ocasio cortez <laughs> with uh with 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 that kind of uh that kind of name up your sleeve
1: yeah. It- <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, when it came to me, I was like, that's that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what he needs.
1: Yeah. A goat <laughs> made out of batteries, playing cards, and a fresca can. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: I was going to write it down, but then I realized it would take so, so long.
1: Also, you could just look at the table and figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kev- talking to Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Here. All right. Well- <laughs> I wonder what kind of merch I should get. Hmm. I, <laughs> I mean, think? it's right
1: there in the name.
0: Like it, what? Like Just I,
1: get a bunch of miniature goats made out of playing cards, like, batteries, and a fresco can.
0: I was actually thinking like pinata style. Yeah, like that'd a, be great. Like a goat pinata. Yeah. That has just batteries, playing cards, and frusky cans in it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then you <laughs> can <laughs> fill it with uh, over easy eggs. To commemorate the breakfast that we had this
0: Ooh, morning. yeah, mixed in there. But yeah, that's not part of the name, though. That's just no, a, that's, that's just a reference an, to yeah, the episode that's, that's where we a, named that's it.
1: That's the prologue. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know books, man. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, thank you for for coming on the show, man. We Ooh. have had a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and put that out there that I feel we both had fun.
1: Yeah, I agree, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. <laughs>
0: what kind of? Where can people find uh, more info on you and whatnot?
1: Um, you can go to my Instagram, which is Infinite Ginger, um, and Twitter is my name Dan Seabree. and then Facebook too. You can do that.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
0: This program is produced by Lampshade Media, hosted by Mel Milliman, music by Tyson Shipman, graphic design by Griffin Browning, social media by Sam Welch, voiceover by Ryan Branch, and a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food, Platform Brewing Company, and The Garden.